We now come to our scripture reading and here to help us with that, Sarah. Today's reading is from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 1 to 4. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. This is God's word. One of the biggest criticisms I hear against Christianity is that the church is full of hypocrites. It's full of people who say one thing and do another, who don't practice what they preach. And oftentimes what's cited is some high-profile pastor who has gotten embroiled in some sexual scandal or money scam. For many people, hypocrisy is the number one thing that keeps them from Christianity. What do I say about that? What do I say to you this morning if, if you're listening? And for you, hypocrisy in the church is the number one thing keeping you from Christianity. It's true. It's true that there are hypocrites in the church. But you're not the first one to notice that. Somebody else noticed it a long time ago. Jesus Christ, the founder of Christianity, has some very strong things to say about hypocrisy. In fact, for the next three weeks, that's what we're going to be looking at, religious hypocrisy. Aren't you excited? But here in chapter 6, verse 1, Jesus sounds a general warning against religious hypocrisy. He says, beware of practicing your righteousness before people in order to be seen by them. Beware. And you know what that means. It means to warn someone of some imminent danger that they may not be aware of. Beware, Jesus says, of religious hypocrisy. Actually, he's been saying this for a while. Over in chapter 5, verse 20, he says, Unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And for the past few weeks, we've been listening to Jesus expose the moral hypocrisy of the scribes and the Pharisees, the hypocrites. And now, in chapter 6, verse 1 to 18, He's going to tackle not so much moral hypocrisy as religious hypocrisy. Now, in ancient Greek, a hypocrite wasn't considered a bad person. Uh, a hypocrite was an actor, a hypocritos, someone who would just get up on a stage, wear a mask, and perform in front of a live audience. But by Jesus' day, by Jesus' day, the, the word had undergone significant semantic change. And when Jesus talks about a hypocrite, he's talking about somebody who pretends to be doing their righteous deeds before God, when in fact, they're just doing it for the crowd. They're just doing it for the applause of the crowd and ultimately for themselves. And Jesus says, beware. Beware of practicing your righteousness before people in order to be seen. Why? Because he says, if you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. That's a frightening concept. And it's all the more frightening when you consider that the hypocrites that Jesus is referring to had no idea 
how hypocritical they were being. They were blind to the depth of their own hypocrisy. They had convinced themselves that they were actually doing what they were doing for God. But Jesus calls them hypocrites. He says, don't be like them. Don't be like them. Don't practice your righteousness in front of other people to be seen by them. And now in verses 1 to 18, he's going to warn us about three areas. Three areas where the danger of religious hypocrisy is so real. Next week, we're going to look at prayer. The week after, fasting. But this week, we're looking at giving. And not giving in general, but giving in a very specific way. Giving to people in need. Jesus says, when you give, when you give to those in need. And I I think I should point this out, that Jesus just assumes that his followers are going to give to those in need. He doesn't say if, he says when. And he says, when you give to those in need, that there's a wrong way to give, and there's a right way to give. And the wrong way to give is hypocritically. When you give to the needy, Jesus says, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do, in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Now, scholars are somewhat divided as to whether or not these hypocrites actually blew a trumpet. Some say they did. Others say, no, Jesus is just being figurative here. Either way, it really doesn't matter because Jesus' point is pretty clear. What's his point? His point is this, that when you give to those in need, don't draw attention to yourself like the hypocrites. Do. Don't do it for the praise of other people. Why? Because if you do, if you're doing it for the praise of others, and if that's what you get, if that's the reward you get, that is all that you'll get, Jesus says. And that's a costly reward. It doesn't cost the hypocrite anything, but it does cost those who are in need a great deal. People who are poor, people who have need, they, they, they are not stage props to be used. They are not stage props to be used. They, they are not a means to an end. They're not something you use, and after you use, you simply discard. Thank you for your service. You're dismissed. That's a terrible thing to do. It's a terrible thing to use anybody, isn't it? I mean, have you ever been used? Can you think of a time when you've been used When somebody offered to help you and then you later found out that they had ulterior motives and what they really wanted was what they wanted and they only helped you to benefit themselves, it is a terrible thing to be used. It's a terrible thing. It is a dehumanizing experience. It invalidates you. It cancels you out, so to speak. It's a terrible thing to use anybody. But to use those in need is inconscionable. I mean, think about what it means to be poor. The the constant strain of not having enough, the constant worry of not being able to put food on the table, the stigma that just clings to you. It's a terrible thing to use people in need that way, and God is not okay with it. God's heart goes out to the poor. We know that. 
Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 11, God says this, the poor will never cease to be with you. I command you, I command you, open wide your hands to the poor. You see, this is the problem with idolatry. This is the problem with taking the praise of others and making it such a big deal, allowing it to sort of grow into a a God-shaped size and, and banking on it for your functional salvation. People get used and they get abused. And Jesus says, beware. Beware when you give that you don't give for the crowds to gain their praise. Don't do that. Don't give hypocritically. Now, if you're like me, and I, and I want to st- suggest, strongly suggest that you are, you know that the danger of giving that way is real. You know that the danger of, of hypocrisy is there in the heart. In fact, sometimes I don't even know how deep it is. My desire to, to want to be seen is so great. I'm not even aware of, of it always being there. How do you know? about this sort of this, this hypocrisy that rumbles around inside. Well, I want to suggest that you ask a couple questions. They're diagnostic questions. It's good to ask questions of yourself. That's how we surface what's in our hearts. Socrates said that the, the unexamined life is not worth living. So I want to ask you to ask a couple questions. One is this. When you give, why do you give? When you give, why do you give? Why do I give? What benefit am I looking for? Am I giving to those in need to benefit them, or is it really for me? What is motivating me? Why, when I give, do I give? Here's a second question. Why do I not give to those in need? Why why do I not give to those who really need material, physical help at this time? Why, Why don't I do that? You know, there could be a lot of answers to that question. I mean... Maybe I don't give because I can't be bothered. Maybe I don't give because I want to spend my money somewhere else. Or maybe the reason I don't give to those who need it is because what if no one sees it? What if nobody sees me giving? If no one sees me giving, what's the point of giving? You see the problem there. Why, why do you give? Why do you not give? These are good questions to ask ourselves to surface Mm, that creature called hypocrisy in our hearts. And it's a good thing to bring it into the light so it can be dealt with. Jesus is saying, beware. Beware of, of giving, but giving it away to only win the praise of other people. Jesus says, don't do that. Don't do it. How are we doing? Are you having fun yet? <laughs> well, it, it's going to get a little more encouraging and positive, trust me, because we're going to look at the right way to give. The wrong way to give is hypocritically. The right way to give, Jesus says, is secretly, secretly. When you give to the needy, Jesus says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that what you do in secret may be seen by God who sees in secret, your heavenly father who sees in secret, and he will reward you. Now, in Jesus' day, um, you know, people gave with their right hand. They don't give the way that we give today. We give with both of our hands. We text, we, we type, we give. But in Jesus' day, they would give with their right hand. How do we know? Because that was the giving hand. 
And we know that because 90% of everyone that's ever lived has been right-handed. And Jesus says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. In other words, not only should other people not know that you're giving to those in need, but not even you yourself should know that you're giving. Your left hand should not know what your right hand is doing. Now, you might say, what's, what's up with all the secrecy here? Why is Jesus encouraging so much secrecy? I mean, doesn't he say, where is it, somewhere else in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, that you're to let your light shine before everybody so that they might see your good deeds and glorify God in heaven? Yeah, he says that. But there he's talking to people who are tempted to hide their good works when they should show them. Here, he's talking about people who are tempted to show their good works when they should be hiding them. And God says this. He says, when you give, give in secret, so secretly that not even you yourself know. Just give, move on, and forget about it. Why? Because he says that God, your Father, your Heavenly Father who sees, will reward you. That is an astounding statement. That's a profound statement. What Jesus is saying here is that we all live before the face of God, a God who sees us, whose vision is perfect, penetrating, exhaustive. There's nothing he doesn't know, nothing he doesn't see. He sees everything we do, and he knows why we do it. He sees the action as well as the motive. Now, that might scare you but it's not supposed to. It's supposed to encourage you and it's supposed to inspire you. Because what he's saying is this, that that even if no one sees, even if you don't see what you give to those in need, your father does. And what he sees given in secret, he will reward. What's the reward? He doesn't say, not explicitly. I think it's inferred though. I think it's inferred by the kind of reward that the scribes and the Pharisees, the hypocrites, were looking for. For them, they were going for the praise of people. I think it stands to reason that the reward that God promises to those who give to those in need in secret will be his praise, his commendation, his well-done, good, and faithful servant. You say, well, I don't feel like a good and a faithful servant. And I know the hypocrisy in my heart. I I want to give. I want to give secretly. But I find myself tempted to give hypocritically. What people think matters to me. I get that. It matters to me too. I like, I like it when people see me do good things. And I'm like you, I'm conflicted. But you know what? That's a good thing. That's a very good sign. It really is. Because the people that Jesus is talking about, the hypocrite, doesn't have mixed motives. They're concerned with just one and one thing only, winning the reward or the praise of other people. That's the reward. No. The fact that you are wrestling, that you're struggling with mixed motives that you're agonizing over the fact that you want to give this way, but you find yourself giving that way. It's a very good sign. 
It is a sign that the Holy Spirit is at work in your life and that the gospel is getting down deeper and deeper into your life. And you know, you, are, you know that Jesus Christ gave his life for you. You know that the one who was rich gave himself for you. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich, spiritually rich. People who are spiritually poor and destitute made rich before God. And that is how God sees you today. Do you know that? That when he looks at you in his son, he is so pleased. He is nothing but pleased. He couldn't be more pleased with you. And he is pleased with the things that you do, the good things that you do, even though they are imperfectly done and imperfectly done a lot of the time. When my son, one of my sons was really little, just a little guy, he went to Sunday school. And one day in Sunday school, the class was about Joseph. Joseph and his technicolored jacket. Maybe you've seen the show. The activity that they were given that day was to make Joseph's jacket. And, and so the teacher gave them uh, paper grocery bags, and they colored them in with crayons, and then they cut two holes for arms. And after class, my son came bounding out of the classroom, and he held up his creation, and he said, Dad, look at, look at what I made. I made this for you. And I looked at it, and I said, what is it? What is it? He said, it's, 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 Jake, it's, Joseph's, Jake, uh, it's, it's Joseph's jacket. And uh, I looked at it, and, and to be honest, from a technical perspective, it, it was far from perfect. I mean, the, the crayonmanship was a little chaotic, let's say. And the, the holes in the arms were, were asymmetrically cut. You know, from, a, from an artistic, uh, a technical point of view, it was far from perfect. But that didn't matter to me. I loved it. And I said so. I said, I love it. I love it. And I did. I loved the fact that he tried. I loved the fact that he did his very best. I loved the fact that he did it for me. I was so pleased with what he gave me. And some of you this morning need to hear that. That he is pleased with you in Christ. And he is pleased with the things you do, even with the giving, the giving, the imperfect giving that you do as you wrestle with hypocrisy in your, in your own heart. Some of you really need to hear that this morning. Some of you need to be challenged. And you need to hear um, what Jesus is saying here and to be, to be yeah, to work through that, let's say. Um, to, to be at home, let's say, with the, with the discomfort of what Christ is saying. But some of you really need to hear the gospel in that, in that respect, perspective this morning. You really do. Some of you this morning who are watching, who have problems with the church because of hypocrisy, 
I, I want to interact with you for a minute because I, I understand what you're saying, but, but could, I, could I ask you to be honest for a second and, and just answer a couple of questions? Would you mind? <laughs> um, do you never say something and do something else? Do you always practice what you preach? Do you, do you never use people so you can win the approval of other people? Are, are, you, are you so unlike the hypocrite that you, see, you say fills the churches? I want to gently suggest to you that, that we're not that different uh, and that we, we all are inconsistent. But I also want to say this, that this is, this is the beauty and, and the beauty of Christianity, the beauty of Jesus Christ and the gospel. That, that God would take a person just where they are, just where you are, with, your, with all of your inconsistencies and all of your hypocrisies, and he would take you just, accept you just as you are, where you are, and then he would love you enough to not leave you where you are, but to change you into a more integrated person and where you begin to see the power of God working in your life and, and where you know at last the, the, the pleasure of a heavenly father who loves you and gave his son for you. Maybe today could be the day when you begin that journey as a son, as a daughter of your father in heaven. Come today, come by faith in Jesus Christ. Turn from your sin, turn from your idols, turn from the things that enslave you and don't satisfy you, not really. Now listen, I... I know the time is, is, is moving on, and I've, I've actually I've run out of time. And I've said nothing to you by way of application about like how much to give to those in need or, or where to give. I know. I, I've said nothing about giving spontaneously, just as needs arise. I've said nothing about giving intentionally, about restructuring your budget and giving yourself space to give to those in need. I, I haven't said anything about that. I haven't said anything about giving to the diaconate at Grace Toronto to help people right now who, who need it because of COVID or who will need it because of COVID. I've said nothing about those things by way of application. And that's because there's something more important than how much you give to those in need and where you give for those in need. And it's this, it's why you give at all. Why you give at all. Jesus says, when you give, don't give hypocritically. Don't give to be seen by people. He says, when you give, give secretly. And your father, who sees in secret, will reward you. And what, my friend, could be more wonderful than that? Amen.